Back to mint chocolate chip. Um, today is another episode of Pride Month, Woo-hoo! and I'm so excited because we've actually got a proper guest. I had to do proper podcasty work, and well, I say me, um, Poppy, lovely Poppy that does the art and the gnomes, all that jazz. The one that's been on, um, she made a friend with her gnomes, uh, the lovely Tom, also known as Daisy Desire. The amazing gardening drag queen who joined me for this week's episode i had to do a road trip went to birmingham it was so fun and uh, honestly he was so amazing i honestly feel like i've really made a friend for life and he's given me his number and everything so i'm just gonna start harassing him um and when he's on drag race in a few years we all know he'll be back on the pot um but yeah it was just so nice as always a bit of a content warning we do get a bit sweary mainly on my part we are going to be talking about you know it's about it's for pride we're here so we're going to be talking about real issues um but it was so fun to film and i really hope you enjoy it and fall in love just fall in love with tom just as much as i have So we're joined by Tom. Say hi, Tom. Hello. <laughs> and Tom is a drag queen. So I'm in Birmingham today on a road trip. So I've come to meet with Tom, who is a drag queen and he also gardens. He's, as far as we know, the only UK drag queen gardener, which is so exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how long have you been doing drag for? Um, I have been doing drag uh, just under just under a year really I would say I mean I've really kind of got into the flow of it in sort of the last six months but I was sort of kind of practicing for just under a year I would say trying to like learn more about it and kind of like really polish out the makeup and you know I really respect all these drag queens that are currently everywhere and I kind of wanted I didn't want to just slap on a wig and call myself a drag queen I wanted to kind of put the hours in and you know learn more about makeup learn more about kind of shaping your body you know corsets and stuff like that and yeah it's only sort of in the last six months that I'm really like really proud of where this kind of drag queen persona that is Daisy Desire is is going I think with drag like even for me I don't think I would like when I go out it will take if I really want to spend time I could like drag it out for like an hour if I really wanted to whereas I feel like that wouldn't even like touch the surface with drag like underneath you know like in drag race when you see them like defrock um, yeah. and you're like why are you wearing a sponge under your dress like what is this for and like to pad <laughs> it all out I just think there's like so much more to it than you would just imagine than just like I'll paint your face and I'll put on a wig Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I get into drag, I mean, just my makeup alone would take me roughly about two hours because I'm gluing down my eyebrows. I, there's about a millimetre of, like, hope and, you know, and makeup on me and just, like, praying that this is going to, like, look turn out all right because there's a lot going on when it comes to makeup. 
But what I do love about drag is that it's interpreted in different ways. I mean, you've got bearded queens, bold queens, and, and queens that do completely different things as well. Kind of, But yeah, it's just kind of, they're like, whatever kind of tickles your pickle in terms of, and also experimenting with makeup. I'm kind of really trying to find that drag persona. Yeah. Oh, it's just so exciting. Um, but so, like, what's your main sort of thing that you, like, love about drag? Like, what made you want to do it? Like, get into it? Do you know what? I, if I'm honest, a few years ago, I was very much a person who was kind of um, internally homophobic. And not in the sense of, like, I would lift everyone up around me. And I, and I would kind of, you know, I'd be waving that rainbow flag and cheering everyone on. But it wasn't until that, like, a couple of years ago where I kind of started to realise that I didn't... I, I, I didn't really realise it until a friend... I said something, and my, and, my, and my friend kind of brought it up, saying, I don't think you actually like the fact that you're gay. And yeah. I was like, oh. And then I started to really dwell on it and kind of thinking, there's this seediness that I think we have when we're kids, uh, especially when I was growing up, where... Like, say, I remember being a, a young boy at a kind of a birthday party and there was someone's gay uncle had turned up and, it, and, it, and all the adults were there like, oh, did you hear he was gay? And it's kind of, and I think there's a seediness that comes in. And I think where the kind of drag came from was once I kind of acknowledged that I was like kind of almost self-hating myself, um, I really started to allow myself to experiment. And it was in the lockdown that I really became obsessed with drag race. And I, I was just in awe. And I was like, these men are literally leading the way. And women now, amazing, are leading the way in terms of embracing femininity, trying something new, getting out of the box. And kind of like, and I love it because it's kind of coming a lot more mainstream. I mean, when the kind of restrictions were lowered, I was able to go see a drag show. And honestly, I was I was watching and everyone was cheering. And it must have seemed like I wasn't actually like happy because I was just sat there like, silent in awe in, in awe with this huge smile going oh, i'm gonna try this i'm really gonna try this like let's do this let's let's really work on this and that was it then it was there like no we're gonna we're gonna go for this so yeah it's i love it because it's it's embracing femininity and i love the way it's kind of drag race as a whole is obviously coming a lot more mainstream mm. yeah so when obviously you're a gardener as well as as tom yeah so when <laughs> When what did, when did nice Tom, day. yeah, when did Gardening Tom combine with Drag Queen Daisy? Like, how did that Um Well, uh, the gardening come came about. first. I've been gardening for a few years now. Um, and then basically, I was obviously practicing as a queen and stuff and kind of trying out makeup and trying out looks and trying to kind of discover who sort of Daisy is. And um, basically... I was messing around with makeup and I already had a gardening Instagram before I turned it into the drag queen gardener. Um, it was called Going Up the Lottie because I have an allotment and I work as a gardener and I was trying to kind of like just showcase my journey as a gardener and maybe trying to influence people into gardening. And then one day I was in like half drag. I mean, when I look back at the picture now, like I've still got my beard on. And I, I, Daisy does not have a beard. <laughs> like obviously some queens do, but Daisy, my drag queen persona does not. And um, and I was holding a gardening book, and I, I just thought it was quite funny, you know, some random bloke in a wig and a face full of makeup holding a gardening book. Why not post that on Instagram? And the weirdest thing happened, like, so many people suddenly, because I'd never showed anything like that before or showcased that I was, like, tra trying to kind of figure out myself as a drag queen. 
And then, so there was so much love that came towards it and there was such a good response. But then at the same time, there were a few haters that were coming for me, including gardeners. And it wasn't until that the haters were coming. I feel like most people will kind of sit back and go, oh, I, I'm not gonna do that, I'm gonna get hate. Um, absolutely not. I'm not having that. If you're gonna hate me for just having a laugh in the middle of like, you know, this plague part two, then uh, trust me, you, you are gonna pick a God and you are going to pray because now you've let a fire into my ass and I'm gonna come out of this now. Like, this is really gonna happen. So two weeks later, I was, I, I literally found Daisy. We got her into full drag and by her, I, yes, I mean me. Um, and I was holding pots. I was posing for the gods in the middle of a garden center, posted that picture online and I thought, well, fuck you, basically. And, um, well, yeah, that, that was it. All of a sudden, that kind of was there, like, everyone was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so funny. And it, I just love it, because it just makes people happy. I mean, come on, we've lived through the worst time in this last two years. So let's just have a laugh, let's have a giggle, it's not serious. Gardening and drag aren't really that serious, so come on, why not combine them both together? <laughs> I think, like, what you were saying about starting it, like, getting hate and that's for so long is why I like this podcast has been like a thing in my brain for years and years and years I didn't necessarily know it was going to be a podcast when I like thought about it but I always have known for years that I've always wanted to talk about it on some kind of platform whether it's that like a blog or YouTube or something I've always wanted to do mm. something taught like normalizing sex and mental health and all that sort of stuff but it was always the thought of like people knowing it was me getting the hate for it yeah and it impacting like my normal in inverted comma like life because obviously some there is so many stereotypes the same with like drag or being gay sometimes there are just are so many stereotypes that people not everyone in the world is as receptive so it really put me off for so long thinking yeah. i'm going to talk about how i lost my virginity and like the world could know about it but do yeah. i do i want the repercussions of that but, you know, I get hate occasionally. I've spoken about him on here multiple times. But, um, <laughs> but like, at the end of the day, I'm, you have to see it as, like, doing way more... Bringing more positivity than the hate you're receiving. And I, I yeah. found that with the podcast. I feel like your, like, gardening page brings, like, positivity to my timeline. So I'm sure it brings to everyone else as well. Do you know what, though? The thing is, I think when you do something out of the norm, whether it is a podcast talking about sex and losing your virginity and experiences like that, or a, being a drag queen, you... I don't want to say, like, you know, you're a public figure or anything like that, but what you are doing is letting people in a lot more closer to your life yeah. and you're kind of almost exposing yourself in a different way being very vulnerable like absolutely this, i met someone the other day who hadn't like had listened to the podcast before they then met me in real life and um they said to me they were like in real life you're um different yeah. and i and I, what he was meaning was in the sense of, that, like, this is my safe space that I'm creating to be as vulnerable as I am letting myself do. And that's really great. But in, in normal life, I can't walk down the street and be like, oh, I lost my virginity. Like, here, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, shout exactly. that. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> walking down the street. Like, you, here. I had a jag last night. Yeah. <laughs> I've had sex in that bush. You can't do that. <laughs> no, absolutely but, not. You'd probably get arrested. But, yeah. <laughs> but you have to... But it's about creating that environment for yeah. that. Like, you could be in drag and walk down the street and that's really great, but you're not forcing anyone to be like, 
garden with me in my no, in this put this wig not. on. And you know what? There are going to be some haters as well. I mean, I mean, people are just going to hate you for being you. And people you know what? love to hate as well. Like we're British. There's a bit of like people get a bee in their bonnet and just want to have a go at someone and it's so easy to have a go at someone that's like flying the flag in front of their face or yeah. being that image of and, and that's of being different which i think like you're doing really well in the drag and gardening and putting them together because even gardening is not like this is the thing i think they're both very thing- that common really yeah they're both things that are almost I think in the last year, I think with the lockdown, it's become a lot more mainstream. Mm. But going back to uh, like the haters and stuff, I think the thing is, like, like I was saying to you like before we were recording, like I don't have the lifespan for self-hate and I don't have the lifespan to be dealing with haters mm. or trolls or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, like I said, we have lived through a pandemic. At what point do you think I sat down in this pandemic going, oh, I'm going to actually acknowledge these haters? No, 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 no. I don't have time for that. And the thing is, you're not trying to force, I don't know, we're not trying to force this podcast or drag. No, if you don't want to listen, don't listen. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I already know that when I post a a photo in drag, within seconds, I don't get really too caught up about followers, but I I, have noticed that if I post a, um, a drag photo, my followers will go down quickly and then they'll go back up. And it's almost like, I already know that I'm already, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to like see it, you know, you go on and live your life. You don't, I'm not asking you to be here, but if you're going to stay, let's have a good time. You know, let's have a laugh. Let's have a giggle. Even that thing about the followers and stuff. Like I know from personal experience that I have lots of regular listeners that of principle won't follow my Instagram because they don't want other people to see that they're following it or because they don't want to associate with like the sex or the mental health part or but I know that they listen because they message me but they don't follow me and things like that but and so my followers really fluctuate and I don't necessarily think that they reflect the amount of listeners that I actually have um because I still there's that still sort of like shame aspect attached to what, what I'm doing I think but I but then I have to constantly remind myself to not even look at my follower count because I just think the followers don't matter like yeah. I'd rather know like the actual stats from what I'm putting out which are like generally good yeah. so I don't I try not to look at Instagram and like focus on those sort of of stats yeah but do you think like because I'm assuming, like, eventually you would love to be Daisy, like, most of the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, do you think that, like, you for you, gaining more and more Instagram followers is, is like, super important to your business? I don't really know. Um, I would say, personally, it doesn't really bother me in terms yeah. of their, like, oh, like, you know, how many followers have you got? Because if I'm honest, without trying to sound big-headed, I've had uh, some great opportunities coming and the other people that have had the same opportunities have a lot more followers than me. So yeah. I just appreciate just having the work and the opportunities. That being said, it would make me happier to have a larger following, of course, like everyone, because I kind of feel like, in my mind, it's almost like having a, making more people laugh. It's almost like reaching yeah. more people to make them smile. Spreading more love. In. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, maybe encouraging like new people to get to, like to try out gardening or try out drag or, you know, it's or you know just having a laugh really, and I kind of think that aspect would be nicer. But yeah, I I, I don't really get too caught up about the followers and everything, because you know like 
For instance, I, I was recently in, a, in like a sort of gardening campaign where some of the other people that were chosen have like tens of thousands. I'm on like, I don't know, 2,500 or something mm. like that. So I, I just appreciate just being chosen. But I don't think, I think the trouble comes is when people start valuing themselves on the amount of followers. And I, I'm not up for that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here for that. Yeah, and even, this is very off topic, but I think that valuing yourself on your follower account has become so much more like prevalent in society now yeah. is like all about followers and stuff and I'd love to like I would love for Instagram for like a month say to take away like you being able to see how many people are following who so mm-hmm. it's more based on or I think even for me that would benefit me that so that the people would follow me because they want to follow me not because they yeah they won't because they're embarrassed or they don't want to be seen or whatever but hopefully it will all sort itself out absolutely i think society is kind of a bit weird right now we're still kind of we're still trying to work out out. yeah what's happening and then you throw in a pandemic and it's just all gone to shit (laughs) (laughs) but what so about followers again so what's sort of like your main client base in the sense of like your gardening and then your your drag like are you just followed by like an abundance of like gays and they love Ah! or who follows you (laughs) i think a lot of them are gardeners because basically before the drag queenness kind of drag queenness (laughs) drag queenness i think that's a word either way it's now a word um the drag queenness um came along um i had it was predominantly gardening so there's Mm. a lot of gardeners or people that are interested in that um i think now that i'm kind of like being out proud drag queen and a gardener I think um, some drag queens have started to follow me and like I think a lot of young people as well but I always I always get excited when I can see like someone who's sort of like 50 plus yeah. that follows me because I think yes that 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 that's the market that you need and not not that I'm aiming for that market but you know there's a big difference I think I feel like people growing up today are a lot more accepting we're a lot more yeah. kind of open minded and, and embracing things that are different and you know, get out of the social norms. But when someone is like 50 plus and they're like, yes, 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 yes. Like, yeah. go on. Because, you know, they, they, I'm not, obviously, I'm not trying to stereotype, but you know, the old even with me, are a bit. Even with me talking about like sex on the internet, it's my listener base is predominantly like early 20s, yeah, early 30s. And the older generation it's not really the done thing to be like a woman and being like yeah i love to have sex like that's not the 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 norm in inverted commas um but yeah it's great when i then find out that like older people are listening or into like are loving the fact that i'm embracing like being single and you know having casual sex and making it normal because we everyone does it and it was happening in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s just no one was talking about it and now I'm being like let's talk about it and it's getting rid of that shame and I think that's really great for the older people to be super receptive and like my grandparents love me the same and they know what I like to do at the weekend well absolutely and in terms of like your podcast and stuff like I don't know like when my mom like first fell pregnant I think when she was like 21 um, she's now like in her mid fifties, but like when she was twenty one, she fell pregnant, and she it, she had to get married. There was this pressure on her yeah. to get married because it was like there was almost this shame aspect, and you know this kind of seediness that is there, like oh, you're having sex out of wedlock. Oh my god! But now, obviously, I think things are a lot more exciting. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> 
but um so like we're saying before drag is way more normalized now yeah. and that everyone knows about it do you think that that's come from the one and only rupaul's drag race absolutely i mean a thousand percent i mean come on with my neighbours, right? So, like, I live in a village. So, you know that I'm probably the only drag queen in that village. You literally uh, are the only gay in the village. <laughs> oh, apparently not. There might be two of us. That's <gasps> what I've heard. But basically, like, my neighbours, um, they are lovely, but I don't think they've ever even seen a drag queen. And then they were there like, oh, actually, like, we've heard about this show. Is it Drag Race UK? And I was like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race UK. And I, I was thinking, my God, yeah, this is literally... Drag Race is bringing drag to the mainstream. I mean, I'm not saying it's completely all there because of Drag Race, but it is. I mean, yeah. come on, you've got like Rue's kind of girls on covers of magazines. You know, they're modelling. I mean, I mean, come on, you, like from this season of UK alone, you've got Bimini, uh, who's kind of who's got a modelling contract with an agency. So he's a horror. And, yeah, literally, yeah. and, and Taze. Uh, and, you know, and, and they're doing loads of stuff. They're releasing music that is actually getting more mainstream. I mean, look at kind of, uh, UK Dolls. And then um, Bimini is also, they've also been in like music videos as well. Yeah. You know, the Little Mix one. And it's kind of there like, it's becoming so much more mainstream because of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I think like, it's just amazing because I think it's a completely different way of expressing yourself. Um, I think drag is something that is not limited in terms of it's open to every single person, no matter gender or sexuality or how you identify it or how old you are. Everyone can do it. And it's such a fun way to express yourself. Um, and yeah, I do think it, the drag race has kind of made it more mainstream. I feel like I've spoken about it. I can't remember on what episode, one of them. And um, I based the, f- I knew about drag race, loved it, but I never actually sat down and watched it until the first lockdown and I was staying with my auntie for the whole of lockdown and we literally binged from um season six with Bianca Del Rio literally up to present day watched the Christmas episode in July like did the whole thing (laughs) and it was like I genuinely think it was like one of the main reasons why like lockdown was bearable because I binged watched Drag Race (laughs) continually and it's just but even like we got my uncle on it and he loved it and he was just like you know he's a straight man and he was like this is amazing it's so fun it's so because and I think it's one of those shows as well like it's bitchy but it's funny like it's not like it is mean but everyone's in on the joke so it's not like they're all bullying one person and trying to make her feel crap like it's uplifting it uplifts everyone like did you used to watch like America's Next Top Model I've seen episodes. I wasn't so that like on that. no, like it wasn't great. And now I look back and think, how is this allowed on well, telly? Yeah, but it was just stuff. lots of controversial shoots. But even with that, like there was always the one weird one that everyone was mean to, and things yeah. like that. And I don't feel like you find that with drag. Like even in the most recent like UK drag race one, I'd say like the one they were mean to the most was like Tia Coffee and she was like totally in on being Baroness Basic. Do you like, know what though? <laughs> I, I really appreciate Baroness Basic. I really appreciate Tia Coffee now because now that I'm actually like becoming Daisy a lot more, that drag is very expensive. Yeah. And, and I now I look back and think, do you know what? You just, you did the best with what you had and I respect that. Yes, it wasn't as elevated as everyone else but drag can be too. And I also think like the thing with Tia Coffee is that she 
proved herself as like quite a good performer like yes. i think she left at the correct time um but i think especially this season of uk's drag race it showed so many different types of drag like Absolutely. you've got the super pretty like ahura and taste who like actually make me want to die oh, and just think so like amazing. i never in my life look like that and just you know it's infuriating but also like i'm just so jealous and they're just so amazing so and then you've got like <laughs> <laughs> then you've got like like lawrence and like big personalities Absolutely. and they just i feel like they re and bimini justice for bimini not winning but oh i don't know <sighs> i love lawrence but i, I love I, lawrence I, but i i, I, I am upset lies with bimini yeah oh justice I'll, I'll link to the just giving page yeah like, i'll link the gofundme but um no i just think it was really good at like showcasing so many different types and i think the older generation if they weren't to have watched say like a new drag thing yeah. they would imagine like the more classics like latrice is like just this is what drag is like yeah. it's a big beautiful woman that's just like being funny and like lip syncs occasionally rather than it being now where it's like a cultural movement it, do you know that, that's a really good way of putting it as a cultural movement because I, I mean even look at Ginny Lemon she was yeah. not your stereotypical drag queen and when they put when, when kind of Ruth said to her you know get you know I'd love you to try and be sexist and she kind of she really kind of I yeah I go back and forth minute. on that because um when Rue asked her to do that because I appreciate what he was trying to do but then I also feel like Ginny's whole persona was built on like the yeah the whole structure of like the comedy with the yellow and it was all she was not a sexy drag queen she was never trying to be sexy yeah and you could clearly see that she was very uncomfortable trying to do that it would be the same way like I mean Ahura smashed it being really funny in the challenge with Lorraine Kelly but yeah. like you wouldn't have expected that from her in the same like yeah you couldn't you can't force an unfunny person to be funny no definitely but and I'm, I, I I appreciate Ginny Lemon for Ginny Lemon but what I did appreciate is that she asked her to do that because I think what's good about Drag Race is the fact that like they get these queens to actually like get out of their comfort zone and try yeah. something completely different and it I think those are the times where okay that might not make your drag queen persona, but it's good for you to kind of experiment Try something with new. drag. Because, I mean, my drag is nothing kind of... I mean, yes, I'm a gardener. That's what makes me different, I guess. But, like, I, I you know, I shape my body. I, you know, I, I put on the makeup, on the wig and everything. But, when, I don't know, if you compare me to someone like... Um, I don't know. Like, like Ginny Lemon, like, we, we are completely different. But also, I think it's good for, like, say, like, us to not say, like, swap drags, but, like, yeah. to try something new, get out of the cover zone. Because I think even, like, first season UK Drag Race, and if you haven't watched them, you really need to, so that you know what we're talking about. Oh, but I feel like the first season, that was amazing, but they almost, like, vamped up the characters. So then, so, like, your Ginny Lemon was, like, your bag of chips, but they've just, like, revamped and like yeah. really do you know what I'm trying yeah, to get at yeah. like they Bagger was great the Vivian was great Davina was great again oh. justice for Davina but, <laughs> but like they've just re they've hyped them up and then now it's just so much more diverse that you've it got is. like yeah just everyone 
and thank God Bimini didn't go in the first episode. Is oh, all I, I know. Can you imagine what would it have been like? It would never have mm. been that good. Like, no, and I home. do feel sorry for Joe Black looking back because I think he's great at what he does, but I just don't think it translated well do you know on what? the screen. I, and I, I don't think... think Rue understood what he was doing. And yeah. then also the H&M dress will just forever well, be iconic, but also no. Do you know what, though? I, I, I heard um, Bob the Drag Queen talking about... Do you remember Tina Burner? Yeah. Like, he was saying, and I kind of do kind of feel all about this with Joe Black, he's saying, they're a really good queen. Like, they're a really good drag queen. But they're not a drag race drag queen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they could be really good at what they do, but there's some drag queens that probably just wouldn't translate as well in the yeah. drag race kind of setting, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like if I was to go and watch a Joe Black show, I would be blown away. Yeah. But I was, but I almost was watching drag race and thinking, you're really not living up to what I think you could be but I think yeah. it's just because he just didn't come across well which is a shame but then yeah. when you've got like um but then like Tace Ahura Lawrence everyone that did the song that I still like cannot get out of my head the other one can get in the bin but that one whew. do you know what I love about like the, the, like the UK dolls though is the fact that none of them knew each other before and now they're like clean, apart like, from the, a whore and taste they're well, definitely no, yeah, like sorry, they're, they're, oh, oh yeah oh, but like I love how like they've all literally become like a sisterhood they're all such good friends and they're going on tour oh I know oh I can't wait <laughs> are you going <laughs> I, oh. yeah hopefully hopefully I'm trying to get tickets but I think they've all sold out oh it's so sad <laughs> if any of you are listening hook up one drag queen Garner <laughs> and one that will talk about it <laughs> but yeah so and then if you could sort of change one thing about drag like what would you change um I think drag as a whole I would love it to be less expensive because <laughs> it, it, it can it can it can cost a bomb it doesn't have to but I, I don't know I, I, I would say it, 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 it's not cheap um I think as well I think it's slowly getting better, but we're not there yet in terms of the diversity. Yeah. Whether you, whether you know, kind of, you had Bimini and, and Ginny Lemon that were non-binary, or you know, actually, even in that episode where um, Tace um, was talking about kind of, you know, the POC drag queens, you know, people of color. Yeah. And kind of, you know, the actual diversity within that and making it equal for all queens. But I think, like, over as a whole, I think drag is going amazingly. And we are we are slowly getting there in terms of, you know, and, and where it's heading on the upwards. But I think if I could change some stuff about drag, I would try and make it a bit more diverse. It's getting there, yes. Yeah. But, you know, I'd love to fast that, you know, quick up the pace. But also definitely make it a bloody lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I must have spent about two... Uh, uh, I must have spent about 200 quid in the last two weeks on makeup. And it's just oh, there like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, um, this is again, going back to Drag Race, um, so like American, like the US version and the UK version, in my point of view, I think the UK version is way more diverse than the US version. Do you agree? Yes. But I would also say... I think because this dra- that drag race has been going on for a while, and I'm not trying to discriminate between the UK and the US ones. Yeah, don't come I'm, for us. I, no, no, absolutely, <laughs> please don't. Um, um, but basically, I'm kind of thinking 
well, hang on, the UK one's just started, so maybe they're really starting. They're trying, they, it's, because it's so new, it's very easy to be like, let's throw in some diversity, and yeah. like, you know. And, and, but also, I, I, I think it it is getting better. I think yeah. with, I mean, look at the, the, the season for All Stars, uh, for, is it season six All Stars? Yeah. Wait, are we on season six? Season six is Bloody the new, hell. the one coming It's been coming, going yeah. for a while, hasn't it? I but I, I really don't think it's going to stop. <laughs> I hope not. Um, but I, I, that, that's that's a, a very diverse cast, so I kind of think yeah, it's better. I do think there are some big differences between UK and the US in terms of the fact that well, one for starters, there's a, there, there, where, where's where's the pay? Where, where's the payout if you win? Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, it's run by the BBC, so we can't really go into that that much. But basically, um, I think you know the queens are different. Yeah. I, I feel like the UK's far more kind of you know the British type of humour like we're a lot more kind of sarcastic yeah I feel sorry for the Americans trying to like work out what we're saying yeah definitely <laughs> like when bag of chips talks I just don't know how when the Americans know, like, me and daddy sauce I, yeah. don't, think, I don't know if, like, the, the I don't think they know what that is <laughs> daddy sauce oh. <laughs> I know, poor, they must have to have the subtitles on. Bless them. But yeah, so my final question that I ask everyone on the podcast is what's your flavour? What, what are we adding to the menu? So I do think Tom's flavour would be, it's a classic, it's, you know, a wartime ration. It's a, a Vianetta, but a <gasps> mint Vianetta. Oh, we love a slice of Vianetta. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever? This is a activity for everyone to do. Have you gone on YouTube and watch how they make Vianetta? It's so oh my satisfying. God, I know. <laughs> Watching it ripple, it's like, oh, you're just like, yes, I would love to work in that factory and do the slicing. <laughs> Literally. Oh my! Is it just so pretty when you take it out of the so box? So pretty. Oh my god! But if it was Daisy, um, I feel like I want to say like she's a lot more classier in terms of. She would probably be like some Sicilian lemon or something Ooh. like that, like a sorbet even, maybe. <laughs> in a, in definitely in a waffle cone. Oh, not yeah. the like cheapy no, 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 wafer no, no. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally in a waffle cone, yeah. and no, she's just like, and she's even holding it with her like a napkin. Oh, one oh, of glorious. <laughs> but wow. yeah, what are your socials for people to find you? Well, um, you can find me at, uh, it's the at drag queen underscore gardener. And I'll link Tom's Instagram in the highlights so you can all find him. Fabulous. And yeah, again, I'm at Mint Chocolate Pod on Instagram and Facebook and not that I ever put anything on Twitter, but is there. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you so Had much for so much me. fun. Know, first so drag good. queen on the podcast <laughs> and the first gardener. <laughs> but not the last. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. When there's another one, like if any more if... drag queen gardeners come on, we'll have to like get them on and make you battle. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, literally you know <laughs> it will be we'll do a lip sync battle oh that would be great not so good for a podcast because yeah, ah, you can't watch but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but yeah thank you so much oh thank yeah. you hi love you bye <laughs>